Boat Podcast. Hi. Today is December the 18th, 2021. Believe it or not, we are a week away from Christmas for those who celebrate and for all you Santas out there. So thank you for joining us. If you don't know what the Media Boat Podcast is, we are a podcast that brings you news and thoughts about movies, video games, television, and music. Not necessarily in that order. Change up this week. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. And we welcome you to the penultimate podcast of the season. Uh, yeah, of, of 2021's season. As you may, may well know, if you're a longtime listener or recent listener, we always do a year-end wrap-up special um, where we talk about the best and the biggest news stories of each of the categories we cover here. Those will be going up next week, the week, uh, or not next week, the week, the after. week after next week, the last week of December, in place of our usual schedule, and you'll be able to hear all of those back to back to back to back, so hope you guys enjoy that coming soon. But in the meantime, we have two last weeks of a regular-ass Media Boat podcast for you, including this one. Yep, um, we will be having this one, our penultimate mm-hmm. podcast, and then our finale, yeah. season finale podcast will actually be on Wednesday, going back to a Wednesday show because yeah. Christmas is on Saturday. Yeah, no one wants to record on Christmas morning, come on. Yeah, we want to open presents on Christmas come on. morning. Exactly, exactly. Priorities, people. So, uh, without further ado. Which means that, yeah, the 22nd would be our last podcast of yeah, the season. I believe so. And I think that's the earliest we've ever done it. I believe you're right. It's a weird year, but hey, it's been a weird year all year. So. And you can find out how weird it was during our <laughs> end of the year wrap-up. It's true, where we will wrap it up all in a typo for you. But in the meantime, let's do this show. Let's pull up some notes here. And let's start as we always start, which is in the movies section. And we always start the movies with the weekend box office. And will someone explain to me what the hell happened here? Oh, I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> People... That are not hot on Spielberg. Uh-huh. People are not hot on plays, and people are not hot on sixty-year-old stories they've already well, heard before. All of those things, plus people specifically on the East Coast and scattered around the U.S. right now are not hot on going anywhere because right now COVID is spiking again, thanks to the spread of the Omicron variant. We're seeing a lot of lockdowns return to mask mandates. A lot of things have changed, so this is likely affecting box office numbers. Uh, except for Spider-Man, which we'll get into next week. We'll get into that next week, but that's different. You know, you pre-order a certain amount of tickets, you're going to have a big number to show. But you're number one this week, regardless of all of that, or I guess because of all of that, in this case, was West Side Story with a $10.5 million debut just whimpering. To number one this week. Spielberg's lowest opening? I believe you're right. But then again, I feel like you're going to see a giant asterisk in <laughs> yeah, 2020 yes. and 2021 numbers in the future annals of box office history. You're going to have to, like, see note COVID-19 pandemic. Yep. Because otherwise, these numbers don't make any sense to anyone. Coming in number two, right behind it, another musical, Disney's Encanto, with another $9.9 million. That's at 71 I don't know anymore if that's going to hit 100 by the end of 2021. I, I mean... I doubt it. It may get a big bump from Christmas, Maybe. I don't think it'll hit it in 2021 calendar. Seeing Christmas is next week, and we are only, like, looking at the beginning of this spread. Right, and we're expecting six movies? Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
yeah, one, competition two, three, just gets four, five movies. That's what I'm saying. Six? I don't think it, it can compete. Yeah. I don't think Encanto makes that hundred. No, okay. I don't think it does it because it, in order to do it, it had to do outdo a lot of these other films, and it won't do. And it's it. not doing the numbers we thought it would be doing. No, so. Hopefully, they'll make up some money when that comes on streaming uh, early next year, which I assume is happening. Oh, I'm sure it will. Yeah. That's going to be a streaming Yeah, favorite. that'll work for streaming really well. Coming in at number three, Ghostbusters Afterlife with another $7 million. That did pass 100 a few weeks ago. That's at 112 yeah. Probably the last of its kind for the year. No, no, no. Uh, well, like I said, we'll talk about that we'll next week. We'll talk about week. Spider-Man next week. We'll week. see how it does. <laughs> number four, House of Gucci with $4 million this week, adding to $41 million total. And number five, rounding out your top five, Eternals, $3.1 million, add to its $161 million pile. Also probably one of the last of its kind of passing that one fifty mark this year. Like I said, you keep saying this. I really don't think. I mean, yes, pre-order numbers are one thing, but actual performance, I will. We, we, we will wait and see for Spider-Man's numbers next week. You keep saying this, but okay. So, being around the bush here, upcoming this week is mm-hmm. Spider-Man: No Way Home and Nightmare Alley by mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro. But really, it's Spider-Man: it's Spider-Man. No, Way, no Way Home. In fact, you probably noticed that a lot of your Twitter followers have already seen it. Uh, screening started Thursday night. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to. I was probably looking see. at a Thursday screening for my local theater. Yeah, they started at three p.m. <laughs> ran till midnight. Jeez, sold out every fifteen minutes. They started a new film. Yeah, all of them sold out. Yeah, except for that very front row. But even then, there were seats missing from the very front yeah. row. And I believe you. What I'm saying is, it's a different story here in California than other places. Okay. That's why I don't think the numbers are going to be quite as high as you think they will. It will be. Do you want to do an over-under here? I will do an over-under All right, okay, so what's the number? What what do you you want the number to be? I don't know. 80K? Over. You think? 80 mil, I mean. Yes, 80 million. Over. Over? You want to do it at 100 million? I'll go over. Okay, let's do it at 100. I'll say under. I'll go over. All right, all right. We'll see you next week. We'll catch back up because, yeah, I think that... There's two different narratives, possibly, that could happen here. We'll see. You're saying Spider-Man, No Way Home, mm-hmm. the arguably most anticipated Spider-Man film of the year. Arguably one of the most... <laughs> yes. Yes, I know what I said. Arguably one of the most anticipated Spider-Man films of the year. <laughs> arguably. Yes. <laughs> is what, not Venom 2 is... Was... It's in the Spider-Verse. In the yes. Spider-Verse. It's yeah. in Sony's Spider-Man-Verse. <laughs> it's not going to cross $100 million in the first weekend. Not in the first weekend, no. Not right now. With a 10.5 opening this weekend, you think that it's something's going to do $100 million next week? That's impossible. That doesn't make any sense. Because it's Spider-Man, and nothing I... makes sense for Spider-Man. <laughs> well, we'll check back in next week, but until then, let that be a mystery to you the viewer at home. Oh, no. I, I, I'm just going to spoil this for you right now here, okay? Uh, where is it? I think it's... Uh, <laughs> As he scrambles to see scrambles the news see. story here. Oh, no, no. It, <laughs> it I'll, I'll give it to you. Oh, my God. Right, right here. Sure, yeah. That's not 100. No, but it's halfway there. I don't think it'll make it. It's halfway there off one night. There you go. Uh-huh. We'll see. Yeah. We will see. We'll see. I doubt it. Oh, we'll see. (laughs) 
anyway. We have numbers in front of us, but we'll talk about it on Wednesday, like we said. If it does do that absurd number I just saw, then that will be that surely has to be a record for week over week, right? Yeah, (laughs) jump. Basically, if you're saving to go to the movies for one one movie this year, this year, it's going to be Spider Man. Sound like a 1980s trailer. (laughs) If you're going to see one movie this year. Let's move on. We've talked about that too long. We'll talk Uh, about more Spider-Man next week. But in the meantime, here's a couple of news stories for you. We start with a little update about the movie Unions. We've been talking about Yahtzee throughout the year. Mm -hmm. Um, But global unions and guilds have called for the TV and film production industry worldwide to end a, quote, long hours culture that has only worsened during the current post-COVID vaccine surge in filming. In a report titled... Quote, demanding dignity behind the scenes, released on Tuesday, UNI Global Union, which represents 20 million film, TV, and arts workers worldwide, called for production wages and working hours to respect collective agreements, quote, or in their absence, national legal standards. The report and recommendations follow a survey of UNI Global Union members that found 60-hour workweeks are normal across the film and TV industry worldwide leading to excessive hours, insufficient rest, and, quote, life-threatening levels of fatigue. Minimum standards urged for film and TV workers worldwide include adequate daily and weekly rest time, meal breaks, health care, and, quote, the opportunity to connect with family and friends denied by weekend work. The call to action from UNI-affiliated unions follows on the heels of Yahtzee voting to ratify a new three-year basic agreement, which we talked about, with the studios and streaming services amid an emboldened labor movement in Hollywood and concerns over key issues such as pension and health plans, livable wages, and rest periods among the membership. This seems like a no-brainer to me. I mean, 60-hour weeks already are way too much work. I used to do 60-hour yeah. weeks. And, yeah. And you remember how dead I was it at is. the end of each week? It's just not something human beings were ever built to do. It's not things, things we're, we should be expected to do. The least we can get is a weekend, and the unions fought for weekends. Yeah. Like, there's a reason why the weekend exists, why the 40-hour week is the standard, is because there's only so much a human can do. And when you're talking about these specific kinds of jobs in the industry, it's a lot of hard work, constant hard work. And you can't do that and have, like, a reliable health, mental or physical. It's also why unions exist around the world mm-hmm. to fight for these these kind of rights for workers. So yeah, to, to help protect them. So the United Global Union is making some really good points here. I'm hoping that this gets to the studios and makes them think about these approaches. I really hope we see an end to this kind of crazy work because this is just way too much. It's also how big IOTS, that IOTC negotiation mm. was, not just for workers here in the United States, but globally. Yes. The industry... It sets a precedent. Oh, yeah. The entertainment industry is everywhere now. Mm-hmm. And, like, no matter where you are, you deserve these rights just like anybody else. So, yeah, this has gone past being a U.S. issue. This has become a global issue. And I really, really hope that some movement happens here because, yeah, that's just way too... That's way too much work. So, fingers crossed that this will make an impact. Yep. Meanwhile, it's that time of year again. The National Film Registry from the Library of Congress, of course, has unveiled its list of 25 movies to be added this year. The titles span from 1902 to 2008 and include award-winning films from Alfred Hitchcock, John Waters, and Peter Jackson, 
Films that have been selected for their cultural, historic, or aesthetic importance include Selena, Cooley High, and The Murder of Fred Hampton. Films selected for the 2021 National Film Registry in chronological order include Ringling Brothers' Parade Film from 1902, Jubilo from 1919, The Flying Ace from 1926, Hellbound Train from 1930, Flowers and Trees from 1932, Strangers on a Train from 1951, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane from 1962, Evergreen from 1965, Requiem 29 from 1970, The Murder of Fred Hampton from 1971, Pink Flamingos from 1972, Sounder also in 1972, The Long Goodbye 1973, Cooley High from 1975, Richard Pryor Live in Concert from 1979. Sensing a trend here. Yeah. <laughs> Chicana from 1979, The Wobblies from 1979, Star Wars Episode VI, Return of the Jedi, yes, yep. from 1983, A Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984, Stop Making Sense from 1984, Who Killed Vincent Chin from 1987, The Watermelon Woman from 1996, Selena from 1997, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring from 2001, and last but not least, Wally from 2008. Some of these, I don't know why they weren't already in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some of these you do have to wonder, but it's a good list of movies mm-hmm. that span a long time. Yeah, I think we had, what, seven count from 1970s? Yeah, big, yeah, big, big year for a lot of 70s films. Yeah. Um, but yeah, makes sense. I, I can see an argument mm-hmm. for all of these. Um, is this the first Pixar in the year, or is Toy Story already? I think Toy Story is already in there. I think Toy Story is in there, so maybe. And I want to say Shrek is already in there as well. Uh, well, you know, there's no accounting for taste. No, but there is accounting for the first film to win the animated You're, Oscar. Yes. I, I realize that Shrek is important in some ways. I yes. just don't think it's good. There's a difference between those two things. I can hold both of those, and they do not, confi- do they not can, uh, compete against each other. Anyways, some good picks this year. Uh, solid list. Um, yeah, happy to see some of these films make it. Yep. Um... But one film... That will not be making it into the film registry anytime soon. A notorious box office bomb of 2021. You watched this thing. Tell me about Ron's Gone Wrong. I watched it because it was on Disney Plus. Sure. And then, as I was watching it, it made me want to go back and watch Mitchell's vs. the Machines. Mm-hmm. Because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So, this is the classic case of Two different studios making the same kind of <laughs> film two different ways. Sure. With the same essential concept of AI slash robotic um, best friends going rogue. Sure. That's your log line I mean, for both oh, of these. Uh, Mitchell's and the Machines is a little different. Yeah, robots going rogue. I mean, yeah, but it all, happens. all of them, though. It happens. It's yeah. not like it's a best, like the, like a companion robot. Situation. Well, well, they're built for companion. Whatever. Really Anyways. Watch the film. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. Never. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's basically what it is. Okay. I mean, it does get into some high concepts of what it means to be a friend. How to be a friend. Friendship is not a one-sided thing. Uh, you need to be friends with the person you're with. It's not all about me, but it's about <laughs> us and our friendship. It's a two-way street. Yeah. Sure. It touches on these things. Mm-hmm. I kind of like what it does. And then it does the Tina Fey thing and pulls back immediately. Oh, no. okay. But without like, making a full commitment now to that you've, things. Now that you've seen it, 
Do you understand now why it did so poorly? Why isn't this resonating with people? Why do you think it missed? Uh, marketing. Yeah. Um, yeah. They sent it I to die. Lack. I mean, it was kind of a little bit of a lack. They sent it to die. Like yeah. the only places I saw it advertised was on Disney Channel. Yeah. You didn't see anything about this movie anywhere else. I mean, Ed Helms and Zach Galifianakis are your two mm-hmm. main voices. In 2021, though, those guys don't sell tickets. No. No. So they have to sell on the concept. Yeah. And didn't. And when Mitchell's Burst the Machines came out, then you're like, wait, this is too similar. <laughs> Maybe we need to pull back here. And then you just send it out. I think those were released in like August or September. Like <sighs> yeah, the dull drums of autumn where no one was seeing, no one was seeing films. I mean, yeah. It... All of those reasons and more. <laughs> concepts. There's good stuff within it. I just don't think they could, they stitch it well together. Especially okay. when you, at one point you have your main character literally go live in the woods. <laughs> and it addresses the old adage of, if your friend jumped off a cliff, would you? <laughs> and that's literally what it does. It oh. puts that in on, in film. Okay. It's like, uh, weird choice. Maybe, uh, weird choice there. <laughs> hmm. it, it's a weird choice. It's a weird movie. There, there's good stuff within it. I, I can see where they were trying to hit some themes and some central themes, but yeah. I think over rewriting and, over, and redrafting kind of muddied its original concept. Sure. Which was, which would have been, what does it mean to be a friend? So yeah, so it sounds like between the two movies, Mitchell's Versus the Machines is the one you should watch. Is there anything uh, like, is this a decent movie to put on for your kids, just as a distraction for an hour and a half? Uh, no, I think... If, <laughs> If you're going to get more, like, understanding of the concepts, it's more for, like, teenagers. Huh. Okay. Than, than, like, what I'm thinking of as kids. Sure. But it seems fine. <laughs> well. I don't know. I'm not hot on it. Damn it with paint praise, I see. I, like, there's a lot of good stuff within it. And there's but... some, like, sacrificial stuff within it, too, that I like to see. It's... Hit and miss, though, with its sure. actual themes. Yeah. Sounds, yeah, sounds like eh. Sounds like an eh. A meh. Yeah, I mean, like I said, bop, the marketing kind of bombed this thing already, so right. I wasn't going too hot into it to start with. <laughs> and then the film just itself didn't quite stoke any fire of passion within me. <laughs> so, so, I know that's a weird thing to say about an animated film. Sure, but hey, you know what? But hey, if we can like cry at Coco and <laughs> uh, it's okay, that's an unfair comparison for that Bob's is an unfair wrong. comparison. That's an unfair comparison for most movies. <laughs> <laughs> so it is. It exists. It's fine, but sounds like the Mitchells vs. the Machines does similar stuff and way better. Mitchells vs. the Machines is more about family, and yeah. that is a stronger through line than right. Wrong's Gone Wrong. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Um, I didn't watch any new movies. I watched a couple old movies. Right. You said you were catching up in preparation <laughs> for The Matrix Resurrections. Yeah. Which, so, real briefly, Matrix Resurrections... Is the week after. Is the week after. It comes out on Wednesday. It yeah. will be the final film on HBO Max's one-year deal. Yes. yes. We've been talking about this for one year since yes. back <laughs> in uh, Wonder Woman 1984. I believe it. So get ready. Um, I will probably have seen this by the time we podcast. 
uh, yeah. most likely next time. Yeah. Maybe. So I will have thoughts on both Spider Man and the Matrix. Okay. Next week. Yeah, I yeah I've been trying to catch up with the trilogy. I have never seen. I had seen the Matrix, the first one, mm-hmm. but I never seen the sequels. So yeah, last night strapped in, got all the way through Matrix Reloaded, uh, Revelation or yeah Revelations. Yeah, it's the third. Yes. Revelations will be sometime this week, and yeah, I'll hopefully be ready for Resurrections next Wednesday. If the names didn't already imply, get ready for a lot of Christ imagery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh yeah, you're already getting that. I'm already there. It's too late for that. That ship is already on the ocean. Uh, so yeah, uh, we will report back with more information about that. But for now, uh, let's move on to television. We always start television with the sports corner. Point, point, point. And this week... Football, 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 or... Lack of football? Lack maybe of football? football? Well, it's weird. There's both more football than ever, but also the possibility of no football. Yes. Because uh, COVID has spread uh, throughout the league. Uh, players are not able to play. Um, but also, so many games got postponed because of COVID that we're now having to play a bunch of games in a row. NFL has moved games, including the Raiders versus the Browns to Monday, Washington versus Philadelphia, and Seahawks and Rams to Tuesday night. That's so, right. Tuesday night football is back, baby. So yeah, get ready for an entire week full of football. Um, oh, lest we forget um, that Raiders vs. Browns game was yeah. supposed to be a Saturday game. Oh. So instead, we get Saturday game Colts versus Patriots. Oh. Our regular... All right, so let's rewind back here. We have Thursday <laughs> night football. Uh-huh. Um, technically, the last Thursday night football broadcasted by Fox. Okay. As next year, yes. it will go to Amazon right. Prime streaming only. Only. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, don't quote me if they have the deal with NFL TV to stream it there. I well. would assume that I that would, that would still so. exist, yeah. Because that's broadcasting rights. Right. But uh, it goes to Amazon TV or yeah, Amazon Prime. Mm. Next season for Thursday Night Football. Not next season. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, next, next season. season. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Because there's no more there's official no more Thursday Night Football games. <laughs> so we have so, Thursday Night Football, no football Friday. We get Saturday football with Colts versus Patriots. Our regular Sunday football. Monday Night Football double header now with Raiders and Browns and uh, Bears and Vikings. And then we get Tuesday night football as well with Washington and Philadelphia and Seahawks and Rams. Now, the reason this is a big story, though, is because of what was signed by the NFLPA and the NFL prior to the season beginning. Yes. Meaning, if your team is unable to put enough players on the field, you automatically forfeit the game. Right, right, right. But here we are on the cusp of postseason and teams vying for spots that they're just... Hey, we're going to push the games back. And NFL players are going, that was not the yeah. rules we agreed upon. No. You can't change the rules um, mid game, mid season, mm-hmm. to help or hurt or benefit uh, t- certain teams. Yeah, it looks it, bad. Yes. Uh, well, because <laughs> uh, this question was posed to me because I'm a Rams fan. <laughs> And the Rams got moved to Tuesday Night Football. Like, well, aren't you happy? Now they can, like, play games. Like, yeah, it's good for the Rams, but, but it's, it's a bad precedent. Yeah. Like, if this was the reverse and it was the Seahawks, wouldn't you be more pissed? <laughs> yeah. Because, like, now they get a chance to, like, heal and recover and play against us and mm-hmm. hopefully do better instead of just 
giving the automatic forfeit like it was scheduled to be. Right. Also, uh, and then there's like fantasy football implications, which yeah, is well, yeah, like the, the like two or three <laughs> tiers down there. But right, depending on who you ask, high on their list. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, if you're a football fan, I guess keep an eye out on what happens going forward this week. Um, but in the meantime, other sports are happening. Uh, nope, nope, this is still well, football. Yeah, I was going to say, but before that, we need to talk about one last football story, one of the bigger headlines this week that wasn't COVID-related. Urban Meyer fired from Jacksonville and will not finish the season. Thank you for your service for 13 games. Um, you will most likely go back to college now. <laughs> <laughs> Guess so. Uh, yeah, um, despite the Jacksonville Jaguars having a 2-11 and record through 14 weeks, um, that was not the reason he was fired, though. Right. Uh, because stories came out about him not having control of the locker room, about him disrespecting the players, even so much as to a story coming out from Josh Lambeau, the kicker, of Urban Meyer's Kicking Josh Lambeau in the leg and Yee. saying, make your damn kicks. Yee. You know, kicking your kicker kicking in the, kicker the leg. In the leg. Where he uses, <laughs> that he uses to score points for your football games. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Seems counterintuitive. Oh, but, very much so. Mm, eh, I don't know. I'm not Urban Meyer. Uh, anyway. That story was the, <laughs> was enough to, for them to say, Urban Meyer, yeah. get out. out. You're done. Get the boot. Um, also, because of this, they're saying that there is enough consequence here that he has officially broken his contract and may not be paid the rest of his salary. Wow. Well, hey, you make a lot of choices in your life, and this time the choices have come back to bite him. But like I said, most likely he's going to go back to college yeah. somewhere. <laughs> and speaking of college... Speaking of college, bowl games for the NCAA have begun. It's bowl season, everybody. Get out your bowls. Yeah, it is. Uh, we have a lot of fun bowls right now going on. <laughs> Fun, fun bowls are the best kind of bowls. Well, yeah. I mean, we have the uh, the cricket celebration bowl. <laughs> That's a good one. Also, the roofclaim.com <laughs> Boca Raton Bowl going on right now. Ooh, how about the PUBG Mobile New Mexico Bowl? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> the Jimmy Kimmel L... L yes, Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel. L.A. Bowl presented by Stifle. Wow, these just keep getting better. Wow, that's incredible. Who, what did Jimmy Kimmel do to get his name on a bowl game? I don't know. Is he just there? Pay, Is he going to be there? Pay like, the money for it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we also have, of course, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. <laughs> yes. Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. You uh, seem made up. You <laughs> seem made up. How are all these real? The Easy Post Hawaii, Hawaii Bowl. <laughs> oh my god. The Surf Pro First Responder Bowl. The AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Oh, my favorite. The San Diego Credit <laughs> County, the San Diego County Credit <laughs> Union Holiday Bowl. Uh, <laughs> the Cheez It Bowl, which is my favorite. I love I love having a bowl. Yep. Guaranteed rate bowl. Oh, the new era pinstripe bowl. Duke's Mayo Bowl. <laughs> oh, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Uh, oh, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Oh, no, not the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Oh, yeah. Most sexist one. 
All right, well, we I need to stop reading. I, I think Bowie. we need to strike the Tony the Tiger. Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. We, this, of course, will be leading to the yes. um, college football playoffs played on New Year's Day yeah. of the Goodyear Cotton Bowl <laughs> and the Capital One Orange Bowl. And then, of course, everyone's favorite, the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> And the All-State Sugar Bowl, and of course the Rose Bowl, which is just a Rose Bowl game presented by Capital One Venture X. Right, because no one is allowed to put the name in front of the Rose, Rose Bowl, Bowl because right. it's sponsored by the city of Pasadena. Right. But that's why it's presented by. <laughs> presented by. So yeah, uh, we, I wish we could just talk about bowl, names of bowl games all day, but we can't. <laughs> we gotta move on. Other sports are continuing to happen as well, but yes, uh, get ready for bowls. Meantime, Steph Curry has broken an NBA career three-point record, passing Hall of Famer Ray Allen. In record time, but that's only because Steph Curry only shoots three-pointers. Ah! So it's not like uh, he was was bound to break it eventually. (laughs) He's going to do it. It it was like, yeah. Because it's his thing. It's his thing. He just pops back and shoots three-pointers. Hey, you know what? That's a lot of points, so I get it. Why not? Meanwhile, in hockey, the NHL's Avalanche, Panthers, and Flames have all postponed their games until after Christmas. So if you're a fan of those teams, you have to wait because COVID got a a handle out of them. So just wait for those, but it'll be back after the new year. But hey, we talked about football, we talked about hockey, yeah, and why not for good measure, talk about the NBA. Well yeah, we've mentioned Steph Curry, but also in the NBA. Chicago Bulls also postponed three games uh, since December 11th. When they had an outbreak. So, yep. yeah. COVID, it's back. Uh, depending on where you are, uh, levels of severity go up and down. Check your local check your local listings. <laughs> check your local uh, stats to see if you are good. You probably noticed that mask mandates are returning in a lot of places. So, stay safe. Get your booster. Do what you need to do. But, yes, this is affecting everyone, including the sports that you watch. So... Hunker down, be safe. COVID Omicron is around, and that just means COVID pie is right around the corner. <laughs> oh no, Darren Aronofsky's COVID pie? <laughs> Alright, anyway, let's move on uh, to television news. This one's breaking this morning. Yes. I was uh, saw it bright and early on Twitter, uh, pasted it into this document for you. Because I was Uh, like, I guess we got to talk about this. I guess we got to talk about this. YouTube television, YouTube TV, uh, which we talk about a lot on this podcast. I used to be a customer of theirs. Yep, typically we talk about the prices going up on an annual basis, but today we're talking about it going down. Yeah, but there's a caveat to that. There's a reason why they're doing it, and it's not good. So you're getting a 15, if you subscribe to YouTube TV, (laughs) you're going to get a $15 discount. Uh, But here's why, because you're going to lose a lot of content. Disney-owned channels, specifically, including ABC, yes, even your local affiliates for ABC, have been removed from YouTube TV as their deal with Google lapsed on Friday at midnight. It's the first major blackout for YouTube TV in nearly five years, not including the regional sports channels that were dropped by Sinclair last year. Google said it would reduce YouTube TV's monthly price by $15 in response, from $64.99 back to their original price of $49.99. Yes, that was what it was originally priced at, just to remind everybody. Now that Disney's uh, networks have gone dark. Google said, quote, We know this is frustrating news for our customers, and not what we wanted. We will continue conversations with Disney to advocate on your behalf in hopes of restoring their content to YouTube TV. Current YouTube TV members will see the $15 credit applied to their next bill after December 17th. Meanwhile, Disney is pointing the finger of blame at Google. 
saying, quote, We've been in ongoing negotiations with Google's YouTube TV, and unfortunately, they have declined to reach a fair deal with us based on market terms and conditions. The dispute has revolved around money, as it always does. Google's claimed that Disney was demanding higher fees for its TV networks than, quote, services of a similar size pay. So, Disney was going in basically trying to negotiate, we're worth the higher number than you're giving us. Look at what we our deal with the cable companies is. Not just that. We know people are going to watch our right. stuff on your network. We got numbers to prove it. Mm-hmm. And Google's like, um, no, we're only charging NBC's networks this amount. Right, for the same number of channels. Like, we don't care about viewership. We just care about <laughs> channel numbers. And yeah, and unfortunately, when the big when big idiots fight like this, it's the customer who, who loses out. Because now, you don't get ESPN. You don't get ABC. You don't get Disney Channel. You don't get National Geographic. There's a lot of stuff being lost here that you just lose as a YouTube TV customer. Is it worth that $15 difference? I don't even think it's worth $50 without those networks, honestly, because those are the lifeblood. I mean, if I was sure that I would have all my local networks and then all of a sudden one of them was just gone, I would be pissed. Oh, I would move. So this isn't in the story, but here's how pissed people will be. This upcoming week is the Bachelorette season finale. <laughs> Maybe that's why this happened. Is because they were like Disney was like, if we do it now, your customers are going to be angry at you, and we're going to do it now to prove a point that we can. So Google's going to have to go back and renegotiate as fast as possible to get those networks back, or not, mm-hmm. or just let this ride through the end of the year and just deal with the angry people. Uh, not only that, but ABC host ABC and ESPN. Both host NBA Christmas Day yeah. long specials. Yeah. And, and if you're on YouTube TV, and yeah. on YouTube TV, you won't get access to any of those games. Just a note, a related story to this. This is not big enough to actually report here. But uh, DirecTV Stream, formerly known as AT&T uh, Stream, uh, the thing that I subscribe to now, all of their tiers went up by $5 as well, starting in December. Mm-hmm. So... If you're looking for a uh, a equivalent to this for the same sixty five dollar price, uh, that is roughly what you can get the lowest tier of a, uh, Directv Stream for, and that will have your Disney channels. So just a tip for you, if you uh, there are options, there are options out there. I like Directv Stream; it's a pretty solid service. It's more cable-y than YouTube TV is, but it won't really make a difference to you, the end user. So, yeah, uh, there are options. Look at your options. But, man, I really do hope that Google goes back to the table with Disney because it sucks for a lot of people. So, it's Google. They have the money. It's Google. It's not like they don't have the money to pay for it. Fortunately, you're right. It's it's a price negotiation where if they pay Disney this much now, it means that you're going to have to pay other companies the same amount next time they come to the the table. It's all negotiating tactics and way above our pay grade of, not being paid millions of dollars to make these decisions. Right. So we'll see. But we will gladly accept your millions of dollars checks to help make these decisions <laughs> for you. Yeah, obviously. Let's move on to a story that's... Uh, hmm. So we have a lot of stories on this podcast, especially recently, of people getting ousted from jobs, from from entertainment jobs, from television shows and movies, for, you know, misconduct or just being gross. That line, though, is pretty wide. It's a big spectrum. It goes from, like, serious, like, allegations, including assault, 
and also goes for just being an awful dude. Here's one of the stories about the latter instead of the former for once. Jeff Garland, who of course has been on ABC's long-running comedy The Goldbergs, has left the show. So the series already lost George Seagal when he died earlier this year. Now, Jeff Garland is departing following multiple misconduct allegations and HR investigations. According to sources, a mutual agreement was reached that Garland will not be returning to the show. His exit is effective immediately. Garland was believed to have had one more day left of shooting from the original 18-episode season 9 uh, after his schedule had been reduced. No decision has been made yet on a potential 10th season of The Goldbergs, which remains one of ABC's strongest performing comedy series. Garland dismissed accusations of being verbally offensive by saying that he's just being silly as part of his shtick as a comedian. He did note his penchant for dropping the word vagina on set. According to a source on the show, a camera assistant made a complaint to her department head about Garland's use of the word. After the actor found out, he reportedly put his hands around her and kept saying vagina in her face over and over again. Mm. Overall, Garland's go-to jokes and a number of people that a number of people on the show found offensive were talking about grandma's vaginas, balls, and braziers, a co-worker said. Additionally, he would not address some longtime female crew members by name, instead using nicknames that some also considered offensive. So, whereas he didn't necessarily, like, in, in, engage in any, like, inappropriate physical behavior, this uh, still uh, sucks. <laughs> well, inappropriate physical behavior, aside from him being allowed to walk around in his underwear on set. Oh, that's not in the story, yeah. As part of his character right. on uh, the Goldbergs. It's not great. It paints a picture of him just being a nuisance mm-hmm. and just annoying. And that's something that a lot of people tend to forget when you're on like uh, a show, is that it's like any other job. Leadership has the option. HR has the option to fire you if they deem your conduct inappropriate. No one is... <laughs> No one's immune. immune. No one's yeah. irreplaceable. And so stories like this, I'm sure a lot of people's reaction is going to be like, oh, that's not that bad. But it doesn't matter because you're not HR. Like, you're not, like, on the set. It's up to the people as a team to determine what is inappropriate behavior. And they've deemed his behavior here inappropriate. And that's all that matters. So, yeah. I mean, if he's going right. to act like this. And... Not only that, but there's also right. multiple allegations of this continuing. Uh-huh. It seems like yeah. HR did talk to him. <laughs> yeah. Gave him warnings. Gave him warnings and, and just kept going. So, yeah. I mean, it's one thing to be in character. It's another thing to have a shtick. And, you know, being a comedian, you do expect a certain level of zaniness, I guess you could say. Yes. But there's a line. And if you're not listening to people's feedback about your behavior and taking these warnings to heart and not trying to be just genuinely supportive of your cast, this will happen to you. This should not be surprising. When it finally, when you do finally get the boot, so hopefully he's learned something from this experience. Hopefully, uh, if he does move to a different set, if he does get a different gig, hopefully he'll clean up his act a little bit. Not trying to um, make not make light, but um, <laughs> make excuses for his sure. behavior. But comedians on set, um, I've heard through multiple podcasts, yeah, that feel that they have to. Quote, always be on. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. A thing. So they always have to be making jokes. Yes. Even if it's at other people's expenses. But there's that line right, exactly. that eventually gets crossed, though. And that line in this case, and I think in most cases, is you've got to listen to your coworkers. In yes. this case, your coworkers, whether that being 
the people who work in HR, whether that being people who are co-stars with you, as camera people, crew people, you got to listen to people when they tell you that something is offensive or something is not cool. Because if you just ignore them, they're going to report you. It's going to be a problem. And yeah, that's where that line is. You've got to listen to make sure that everybody feels comfortable on set. So yeah, it just it sucks to see it. Um, and so, yeah, I'm hoping he's going to learn something from this experience. But there you go. Yep. Uh, so, unsure um, yeah. if there's one, if there's going to even be a tenth season of the Goldbergs. Yeah. Uh, if there is, do they just write him out because he's uh, technically fired? Mm-hmm. Uh, or do they just kind of close it at the end of nine seasons? And to be honest, I don't know enough about the show to know how important his character is to the show. So I don't know if it's a matter of writing them out or if that's going to be easy for them to do. Well, I mean, it's hard yeah. because he took a bigger role now since George Sakal died. Right, right, right. So More of the far bigger role that George Sakal was. So it's a tricky line. It's a tricky line now because now you're technically your two main father figures in the show are out of the picture. I mean, honestly, it sounds like this could be a reason for them not to renew the show. Yeah. This could be them being like, well, we've written ourselves into a corner here. Not Uh, just that, but the characters themselves have aged out of high school (laughs) over nine years. That's true. (laughs) So maybe with around nine seasons, like, you're probably, you can probably be done. It just sucks because it didn't allow the writers to write an ending is what I'm guessing here. Unless they already wrote an official ending. Which they have been reserved. They can just shoot. Yep. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So yeah, keep an eye out on the Goldbergs. But in the meantime, television. We've been watching a little bit. Well, I watched a couple of things. You watched a couple of things. Uh, Real quickly, I um, I caught up on a show you keep... Yes. Bugging me to watch. (laughs) Bugging? Bugging me an awful word there. (laughs) I see what you're doing there. Because who eats bugs but frogs? Yes, and um, who eats frogs but Amphibia? <laughs> Wait, no, that's Wait, not right. What? No. So um, yeah, you finally caught up on Amphibia. Now by caught up, uh, you mean on Disney Plus? On Disney Plus okay. <laughs> through season one and season two. Right. All right. Oh my God, season one was such a slog. But. But it definitely turned around on yeah. season two. I like season two a lot better, and, and it yeah. sounds like you did too. Oh well, yeah. I mean. It, that, that, that show really picks up in season two. It finds its it finds what it wants to be. It mm-hmm. wants to be this lore heavy adventure show, and it finally gets that in season two. And by the end of season two, there's a huge thing that happens. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean the final episode starts with warning: you may be triggered by some scenes. Oh, that must be added newly because I added that. I watched the uh, season two on television. Oh on, no, on Disney. Yeah. And so they must have added that for the Disney Plus thing. That's oh, yeah. amazing. It's, 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 they added it specifically for the end of Disney yeah, Plus. Yeah, some, some scary, some st- scary, I'm using quotes here, stuff for maybe for kids happens at the end of that episode that I'm sure, yeah, the younger kids would just be like, what just happened? That's, this is freaky. Yeah, I'll pull, yeah. pull it up here. I believe it. It's it, 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 it was weird, because like, like, none of the other episodes start that right, way. Right, right, right. And then right, it just right. starts off as... Oh, yeah. This so episode has tense hints. final scenes. It may be scary for some young viewers. But don't let that scare you away. Um, it's, it's, like, pretty cool. Uh, they, they're, they, they end on such a wild note, and it really sets up season three to be this huge change for the show. Yeah. And uh, so far, it's paid off. I talked about it a little bit in our wrap-up podcast that will be coming in a couple weeks for you guys. Yeah. But, um, yeah, season three continues to be... Uh, 
and in, like just even more exploratory, it, even more like ambitious. They're expanding the cast. Just yeah, it's just it's pretty wild. Um, and so yeah, I'm excited for you to get to the meat of season three next. Well, I'll wait for it to become Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the first ten episodes are on, so, uh, or at least first five. five. First five, five are on. on. Yep. So yeah, just uh, just wait. But yeah, glad you've enjoyed season two. Yep. Well, you watched something. I watched a couple things. Uh, I'll just be quick about this one. Um, on HBO Max, Summer Camp Island is back for a fifth season. Um, just uh, ten or so quick episodes. It does. It picks up where the last season left off, where the team is getting to explore a lot of the side ancillary characters a little bit more, making it feel like more a um, a um, uh, what's the term um, ensemble. ensemble show. Uh, yeah, and less about the main characters and more about them. It's cool. So they'll take like two or three part episode, uh, 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 like 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 bits about like these side stories that are happening in the world. It fleshes out the world a little bit. It's still a very cozy, warm show. I still like it a lot. Um, yeah, so that's on HBO Max. But the thing I spent most of my time um, this week with was not on a streaming service at all, but on YouTube. Hmm. But it's long enough to count as a television okay. show. This is a little crossover with the video game section. Um, this was called Power On. It is a documentary series that's put out officially from Microsoft and is about Xbox about the history of xbox as a console company and like as an existing entity so it basically tells you like the origins of how they built the xbox who the main players involved in microsoft trying to get the project off the ground goes into the launch of the original box how it succeeded how it failed goes into the 360 some of the problems they had with the red ring of death and the successes they had launching Xbox Live and internet uh, gameplay and getting a one like hub, then going into the Xbox One and the initial fiasco with Always Online and the reaction to the uh, marketing being so t- targeted on television. Brief talk about the Connect being kind of a anchor that weighed <laughs> the thing down uh, to um, the most recent era where Phil Spencer came in to write the ship. They launched Game Pass, uh, they bought all those studios, and brings us to the current with the Xbox Series X. And they're now, Xbox is not a console, it's an experience kind of thing. So my only main question, just hearing about this, is Mm -hmm. since this is a Microsoft put-on doc about Microsoft... How much criticism of Microsoft is actually in it? Surprisingly a lot. And that's the thing, is what makes this thing cool is that they're not afraid to pull punches. They talk about the negative stuff arguably more than they do the positive stuff. You do see a little bit of that, you know, shiny company spin on when there is good stuff to talk about. But they really go into the negatives. They're very honest, and they let the people from Microsoft, both past and present, just be really t- like open about talking about the experience of working on Xbox. They talk about the long hours, about launching that original thing. They talk about how awful sometimes it was to work with Bill Gates. They talk about like having pressure from like f- like from studios and from gamers during when the things that were hard. The the real enlightening part was during the Red Ring of Death stuff. They're super honest about like yeah we did what we could. We didn't know what was happening. Like they had like day in day out like engineers trying to figure out what was wrong 
and they couldn't. And so ultimately they just had to basically go to the top brass and be like, we need a billion dollars to take ourselves out of this. And yeah, no, it's the true story. Having been there and following the industry during that whole stuff, that whole time, it was cool to see everything I remember happening in real life to be, and then just being totally honest about like, yes, this is the way it was. So if you want to look like a little behind the scenes on what Microsoft was thinking during all these things, all these snafus and all the successes, it's a really good, well-produced look into that. I do have to say, a little bit of it suffers from the modern documentary problem of let's put something distracting so that way this seems lighter than it is. And what I mean by that is the movies that made us problem. Okay. <laughs> so the worst case of this is that there's a bit in, I believe, the second episode where... Um, they're talking about how there were two teams within Microsoft that were basically fighting to come up with a concept for the for a console for the Xbox. One of them being the DirectX team, who ended up succeeding and pitching the Xbox that they wanted, and the Microsoft C, uh, the Windows CE team, who had already worked on consoles because they helped Sega put a version of Windows on the Dreamcast. So these two teams were fighting each other within Microsoft to basically helm the project. And the way that this director chooses to metaphorically show this fight is to literally superimpose two Mortal Kombat ninjas fighting each other. So you go back and forth between this really stupid looking Mortal Kombat fight <laughs> to these, the people who are actually involved telling the real story about how these meetings went. It's distracting, it's stupid, but thankfully that's the worst it gets. The rest of the time, every once in a while, of a cutaway to say a quote from like Elder Scrolls Oblivion that like some of the character saying something in Oblivion that's like stupid that somehow ties into the thing they're talking about. But honestly, the restraint gets better as the series goes on. It's a six part series, each one is about 40 minutes long. And it's just that one episode that felt really heavy handed with it. And I think that the director got better at it as it went on. Uh, but as a project as a whole, I think it's enlightening. If you ever wonder about the history of the Xbox, how it came to be, this is the perfect way to learn about why, the whys and whens and hows. And uh, yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. Um, it's free. It's on YouTube. And I'm sure there's other places you can get it to, maybe even from the Xbox. Is it, uh, like two, three hours? So yeah, it's six parts, about six 40 parts. minutes each. Okay. So. So yeah, it feels like this was meant for TV. Then it 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 definitely seems like it was meant for some sort of streaming service. There's okay. no like ad breaks. Um, well, you could fit ad breaks in it. But, but yeah, decent okay. to watch on on YouTube. Um, I had a good time with it, and yeah, and that's even with prior knowledge of all the stuff happening. So yeah, if you don't yeah. know, it's pretty cool. And like you said, it is surprising that they are able to be as honest as they are for something that the company itself put on. Okay. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Sounds good. Power On is what that's called. So just search Power On Xbox on YouTube. Hopefully that doesn't turn on your Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's just talking, talking to Siri. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyways, um, I, I mean, holiday shows. Yeah. That's the thing I'm watching, holiday shows. I wrapped up baking it on Peacock. Okay. Ended well, pretty well. Still yeah. recommend it if you like baking shows and Andy Samberg. All the baking shows are continuing yep. um, through yep. next yep. week. Still in the middle of uh, Riverdale uh, season six continues, and uh, catching up on what we do in the shadows. 
uh, season three. So mm-hmm. more to come with those. Uh, I don't remember if we talked about it, but it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Season sixteen okay. is up. Um, been watching it. They go to Ireland. It's <laughs> the first two episodes are weird. Sure, I don't know if we've actually talked about it. No, but, um, but sure. Uh, the first episode basically is just a regurgitation of twenty twenty, and like, hey, oh, no. this is how it's always sunny was involved in like ah. all these happenstances Got throughout it. the year. And then the second episode was them addressing different controversies they've had throughout the past of the show, uh-huh. saying, yeah, we realize this was bad. We can't do that now. Uh-huh. We're, we're basically okay. shining the light on us. All and right. Then, okay. And then it gets into, like, a series antics of them going sure. on. And so, okay. Kind of good with them addressing the first two, like, right out the gate. Yeah, it's neat. Episodes. It's neat for them to do that. Being self-reflectful on yeah. not just the world, but also on their themselves, own content yeah. and themselves. Yeah. And just continues to be ab- absurd. Of course. Because that's just what they're going for at this point. Yeah, that's how that show is. Keep, keep being absurd and people will continue to tune in and watch. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Anything uh, else before we move on? Nope. I just don't be watching a lot of football because bowl season. Right. Football, football, football for the next football. two weeks. Yep. In the meantime, cancellations and renewals have happened. BET Plus has canceled bigger. Bigger. After two seasons. Disney Plus. Oh, no. I'm sorry about this one. Cancel Diary of a Future President after two seasons. They tried to do something different with that second yeah. season, and I think I even mentioned that it started to get into the diminishing returns. Sure, yeah. So, so it went faster than I thought. Sorry, Diary of the Future President. Apple TV Plus has renewed Servant for a fourth season, but it will be its last. Is that not pronounced Servant? Is it? Sir, servant. Uh, servant. 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 I don't know. Okay. Netflix is bringing back DP. For a second season was DP. It's a Netflix show. All right. I don't know anything about it. I want to say it's their um, <laughs> companion. No, no, no. Their um, answer to Pen15 Club. Okay. Pen15 Club. Paramount Plus is bringing back Why Women Kill for a third season. Disney Channel is bringing back Bunked for a sixth season. CBS is bringing back CSI Vegas for a second season. Showtime bringing back Yellow Jackets for a second season. TBS has renewed American Dad for two more seasons. That will put it into its 19th season. Whew, it's getting up there. Hmm. HBO is bringing back We're Here for a third season. Not to be confused with We're Back, a dinosaur story. HBO Max has canceled Head of the Class after just one season. So there you go. Moving into a couple of deaths here. Manuel Santana, age 83, a Hall of Fame tennis player, Wimbledon champion back in 1966, and a three times French Open champion, also an Olympic champion back in 1968. Woo! That's a long time ago. 60s tennis star. Yep. And then in the literary world, Anne Rice, age 80, author of The Vampire Chronicles, along with other vampire fiction, known for her vampire fiction. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, very influential uh, in the uh, realm of fantasy uh, monster romance fiction. Um, Yeah. Yep, saw that one going around Twitter a lot. This past week. All right, with that, let's flip this script and move over to the second half of the show where you'll talk about music. And we'll always start music with the billboard. We'll start the billboard with the Hot 100. And (laughs) it's that time of year again. Except it's not, because somehow Adele has put a giant Christmas-themed shield against all of the Christmas songs that are trying to bid, make their bid for number one. Well, thanks for ruining my my (laughs) opening bid here. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, Tis the season as Easy on Me by Adele is <laughs> yes. your number one song. Somehow. Somehow. 
against. Yep. Up against the juggernaut that is seasonally here for you. You know, <laughs> there's going to be a point where kids growing up are only going to know Mariah Carey for her Christmas songs and not for her <laughs> entire catalog. I think that's already happening, unfortunately. So yeah, number two, All I Want for Christmas is You by yeah. Mariah Carey. Uh-huh. At three, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. Yep. Coming in at number four, out of nowhere, surprising still, everyone. Still. But, st- but still, Stay by the Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. Yeah. But rounding up your top five, <laughs> have a holy jolly Christmas. It's for lives here for the street. <laughs> I don't know where we'll go. Probably to the album track. <laughs> but I'm here for now. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Christmas music cannot take down Adele. Not yet. Uh, but as mentioned, all holiday parties are currently happening. <laughs> or probably should not be happening, but yeah, are happening. Well, yeah. Uh, yep, and as mentioned, Christmas says someone is... who threw a holiday party last week. Hey, I did it before all the mandates went out. <laughs> <laughs> Technically true, like a day. <laughs> uh, the weekend before. Yeah. All right, but as for your uh, Billboard 200, your albums chart, again at number one is uh, "30" by Adele. Yep. Yeah. At number two, "Red," Taylor's version mm-hmm. by Taylor Swift. Yep. At number three, "Hall of Fame." By Polo G. Mm-hmm. Coming in at number four is Christmas by Michael Bublé. Uh-huh. And rounding out your top five, continuing to dominate the top five of Billboard 200 yes. for the year of 2021, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Yep, all these pretty much the same as last week, except for Polo G sneaking in there. Yep. Um, also, you're wrong. There is no Pentatonix yet. Yeah, I know. I... I it's Adele, I swear. She's just screwed everything up this year. <laughs> Things are not happening as they always do. It goes to show that. Just goes to show you. All right. Um, so, no new releases this week. Nope. Another dead week. Nope. So, let's get into some music news. And we start in what may be the biggest single artist music catalog deal to date. Yeah. Yes, even going over Michael Jackson's catalog. Yeah. And that is, who else but the boss himself, (laughs) Bruce Springsteen, Mm -hmm. as he has sold his entire recorded music and publishing catalog to Sony Music for around, uh, how how best to say, (laughs) half a billion dollars. Yeah. Uh, Yes, um, sold to Sony Music for... Around, if not just over $500 million, yeah. topping Bob Dylan's sale of uh, of his publishing to Universal for nearly $400 million. Yeah. Representatives for Springsteen and Sony Music uh, declined or did not re- respond to comments, but <laughs> multiple industry sources do tell Variety uh, that the deal is, quote-unquote, Done. Yeah. News of negotiations first arose early last month, while there has been no official comment um, on the actual recorded music deal, but it's supposed to include such multi-platinum albums as Born in the USA, Born to Run, and Darkness on the Edge of Town. Uh, All of this was completed, uh, but the publishing was still in play between Universal and Sony. 
while the number of $215 million was the initial forecast, apparently, <laughs> between Universal and Sony, yeah. the bidding war happened to the tune of an additional $150 million. Bidding intensifies, you see at the bottom of your screen. Yes. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, this doesn't really mean a whole thing, a whole lot to the, most people, except two things. One, Bruce Springsteen gets a big payday. And two, <laughs> and two also... Uh, it means that you might hear more of Bruce's songs pop up in things that maybe you didn't think they would before. More commercials for <laughs> Born to Run and yeah. Born in the USA. Yeah, I, I feel like this is a, kind of opening up the floodgates, which if Bruce didn't think it was a good idea, he wouldn't have done it. So I guess it's okay. Also, Bruce is getting old, so you might want to make your painting now. Right, and exactly. Enjoy the last 15, 20 years he's got. You see this happen a lot with artists around this kind of time in their careers. Um and so, yeah, it's no surprise, really. It's not shocking. It's, um, like, just how business is done now. Lest we forget, he also had the deal with Spotify of right. Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no. This is his elder statesman era uh, coming into view here. Uh, he will, I'm sure, still continue to record and still continue to play. I mean, he had that um, music and movie last mm -hmm. year yeah. that came out. And he had that uh, Bruce Springsteen on Broadway thing yep. uh, recently as well. So, yeah, no, he's in the victory lap stage of his career <laughs> at this point, And uh, good for him. So I'm glad to see that he's getting paid out, even though it means that a giant corporation owns his music now. <laughs> you know what? Can't have it all. Uh, real quickly, <laughs> how much was Taylor Swift supposed to be sold for? Oh, I don't remember what that number was, but it was not this much. No, was uh, it like one, either 150 or 250 It was somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. And then here's... Yeah. 500 million. Yeah. I mean, it goes to show you, also, he has a much bigger, deeper catalog. Yes. He's been around a lot longer. Yeah. And so that's probably all all plays in that. And it was the reason for why this is so expensive. Yeah. He's the boss. He has some clout. And also, I wouldn't be surprised if the uh, contract that's involved here is very specific, because Bruce very notoriously is careful about how he uses his music. He make, tries to, uh, whenever a uh, conservative politician tries to use his music in their ads, he tries to shot, shoot it down immediately. It so there may be limits that he's limit, like put in the contract here for how they can use yeah, his music. No political campaign yeah. anywhere. I would not be surprised if that's part of it. Yep. So yeah, uh, so yeah, the high price tag is probably for a lot of reasons, not just that bidding war. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but moving on. Little update. Little update as the news of Travis Scott is not over yet. Um, yes. As we reported, he was a headline at Astro World, which led to 10 people dying after the crowd rampage during his headlining set. Yeah. Well, more fallout from that, including that the, Travis Scott has been effectively removed yeah. from the lineup of performances for the 2022. Coachella Valley Music Festival. So this news story downplays this a little bit. So I want to remind everybody, Travis Scott wasn't just on the lineup for Coachella. Wasn't he the headliner? He was a headliner yeah. for Coachella. This is important to mention. That means that Coachella now has to scramble for a replacement for him. They already did at, that late, la last Ocean. minute, last minute um, uh, try a bid for uh, Swedish House Mafia as the third opening act. Yep. Now they need to find a replacement for Travis Scott, too. It's Wait, wild. So it's Rage Against the Machine. Yes. Swedish House Mafia. And then it was supposed to be Travis Scott. And now they have to find a replacement for him. 
Here's where Kendrick Lamar makes his uh, maybe comeback. Yeah, it could happen. Uh, get the weekend out there. <laughs> get the weekend out there. What's he doing? Um, so not yeah. going to the Grammys. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that real quick because this, like I said, this story maybe downplays the importance here a bit. Yeah. Uh, well, moreover, the development follows a report by KESQ in Palm Springs, which reported that the controversial rapper was dropped following the Astroworld tragedy. Yeah. Uh, a change.org petition was started in the days after the tragedy, demanding his removal, removal from Coachella's lineup. Yeah. That petition gained nearly 60,000 signatures as of this when this was reported. This so, reported. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a scramble, I'm sure, over there at Golden Voice. I'm sure they're trying to figure this out as fast as possible. I'm sure they just went, hey, if this <laughs> happens at our festival, yeah. what's the kind of damage we're looking at? And I mean, yeah, said, nope, different... nope, we're not going to make that risk. Also, it's a it's a move that's not too dissimilar to the moves that were happening with... Uh, to baby and Morgan Wallen, uh, sure. which is this is a controversial figure. Do we want this person to be a figurehead of our festival? No, is the answer. No, they don't. I just thought um, <laughs> they, they bring Kanye back. Oh no! <laughs> and he does a Sunday show. <laughs> ah, never. I hope Donda. I hope that doesn't happen. So it could be worse. It could be better. Who knows what Coachella will ultimately do here? But they're running out of time. This is Ooh, April. Here's what they do. They say they put. Surprise guess and just leave it everyone yeah, guessing mark until they get there. Yes, it's risky because one of the things that sells you tickets is the headliners. Yeah, so but I'm sure know. they don't want to take the risk of being people being like feeling that they're buying a ticket for question mark. I don't know. People will buy tickets for Coachella. They sell out like immediately. <laughs> it's not a loot box. It's a music festival. <laughs> It's not a loot box. It's a music box. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a music box. Just call it the music box. All right. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I don't know. It is what it is, but... All right. Anyways, um, did you listen to anything? Nope. Nope. Nothing really came out, so there's nothing really new to talk about. Um, Christmas music is playing constantly in my car everywhere, so... <laughs> that time of year. That time of year. That time of year. At least for at least the next week. Yeah. Because come the 26th... Um, back to whatever I was listening to before, The Weekend and Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, same old, same old. Yep. And Midland. Yes, of course, Midland. Midland. Of course. All right. Well, that'll do it. Um, well, for... that's do it for music. Let's get into some video games and yeah. talk about new releases. Except there's nothing coming out in there, too. Um, yes, which is why I'm currently trying to go through a back catalog of stuff, <laughs> um, including playing the... Uh, Lego DC vil- DC Lego yes, villains. One of the PlayStation Plus games of the week or yep. the month. Of the month. Yep. And then I think I have Start Pokemon. Up God Falling in. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> no, I have uh, either Diamond or Pearl on its ah, way. Okay. Which I should get on Monday. Yeah, I'm still uh, playing uh, Kana. Oh, well, actually, I haven't touched Kana since I got stuck in it last week. Okay. But I am still playing um, Halo Infinite campaign as well. So those two I'll continue kicking through. Yep. Um, I did end up platinuming. I know we're doing this in reverse about thoughts of what we played, but yeah. this is filling in the uh, what we did, uh, the upcoming stuff. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so yeah, I did end up platinuming um, uh, True Colors. Okay, yeah, you finished yeah, Life it. Life is strange. Yep, All I right. finished it. Uh-huh. it. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah. Satisfied with how that wrapped up? Nope. 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 No. Nope. Yeah. I only left this off my list because of that ending. It really feels like yeah, it's uh, kind of abrupt. 
I, I know that we um, already recorded. We already our, recorded, so it didn't matter. But it didn't matter. But I don't think it would have made my I mean, list either way. I said about Kane too, so we're on the same page at least. Yeah. But I don't know. I didn't hate the ending. I like that last. I like how big of a swing that last episode was. I was that like, was my, yeah, all right. That was my problem with it. Was we're not going to sprinkle in any type <laughs> of that, and then just bombard just, you yeah. with the last chapter of all of it. Here's all the backstory trauma that. We didn't want to give you before because we weren't quite sure where to fit it. So here's how... I didn't, I didn't read it like that. I, I read did. it as usually in these kind of games, that would have been the end. And I took it as them saying like, yeah, but we're a video game. And so we can actually do like a a wrap-up episode where we actually tell you what's going on under the hood here. I liked that approach. I thought it was neat and a thing that you cannot do in any other medium. I don't know. I liked. I liked it. It made sense to me. I don't know. It was here's all the backstory that we could yeah. that Delivered we kept that we purposely kept mysterious. Yeah, and how it's like super coincidentally <laughs> wraps into yeah. what we're talking about today. I mean, not really coincidentally. It makes sense. Does it? I think so. I thought it was super <laughs> random. I don't, I don't. They, they just happen to be all end up in this town. You know, <laughs> it is a very strange series of life events. Yeah, well, that's the name of the game. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, I, I thought it was just end up being too coincidental for me at the end there. All right. Uh, plus, plus uh, surviving the free fall. Is uh, <laughs> very questionable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But video game logic, video I guess. Games. Video games. Uh, um, anyway, anyways, uh, we're, we're last beat here because I guess we have some time. Yeah. I uh, because one of the good things about it is at the end you can see the choices that you made versus right. that I yes, made. Yes, I know. You judged me. <laughs> I judged you hard. <laughs> I'm just saying that if a company is going to give you a bunch of money and you have a use for that money, I say. Hey, I'll take you. Like, fuck you still, but also I'll take your money. Like, that's Which how I felt. Which you also did at the police station. <laughs> I know. Because it made sense. Hey, I'm nothing but consistent, right? Like, yes. at least I'm consistent with yes. what I believe. It's like, honestly, it's more important to me to support the people that I love in, instead of trying to, like, take down a company. Monetarily gonna, support? That I'm not going. Yeah, because money, like love it or hate it, does make a difference <laughs> in people's lives. It's just true. And so if I have the ability to make a difference in somebody's life by helping them monetarily, I'm going to take that because the, I cannot immediately, like, to not taking that, just because, like, I don't think you should be like, oh, well, my principal says this. Yeah, but what shit is good as a principal if your friend dies, right? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Made sense to It's me. justice. <laughs> yeah, but what does justice mean if you lose a loved one? Yeah. Nothing. That's what I'm saying. So, like, ultimately, if you're, if the whole reason for existence is is to have these people who are close to you keep being close to you and like and thrive. That's what you want for them too, right? You want you love them, so you want them to thrive. You want to provide for them while you're still here. I don't remember. Did you uh, did you <laughs> remain in the town? No. You, you decided no. to leave. Yeah, we we hutched up and left. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Um, I, I was I thought it was weird. That was an option to like, stay. Yeah. In fact, it's the more popular option. Yeah, I thought it was weird. I, they do a good job of selling you on it. I will have to say that last cinematic 
was like pretty convincing. It was like, actually, yeah. But to me, I was like, no, this doesn't make any sense. The whole story, the arc here was basically your main character learning it's you, it's not the town. Like, this doesn't matter. You can be you no matter where. You can chase your dreams and fit in. It's not the town that made you fit in, it's you. And so I felt like the arc made more sense to me personally. Go and chase your dreams. I, don't know. I thought it was weird because here I'm going to a rivaling town that I've been in for arguably <laughs> a month, maybe. Yeah. I make sense to stay here in my spoiler apartments. <laughs> All of this is spoilers. We're, we pass spoilers. Uh, at this in point. my spoiler Dead Brothers apartment, right above my spoiler um, <laughs> boss who tried to kill right. this bar. Why would you stay? The whole lesson of the game is is that you thought this was going to be a safe haven. No, it's the same dating, shit. Well, and then like dating yeah. the uh, guy, dating the, my killer's son. Yeah, hold it, hold up, wait a minute. You went with the dude? Oh no, I thought that was super weird. I went the girl. Yeah, but thank that was you. An okay, yeah, I was going to say, but that was an that option. Was an option. I'm just saying that that's wild. Whoever chose him chose wrong. <laughs> saying anyway. Well, I, I I felt like I couldn't choose, especially after he cut the rope. Yeah, especially. Like, like, you cut the rope. Like, there's like there, there's a chance you can pull him up. Yeah. But as soon as you cut it, there is zero chance. It's yeah. like this football and punting. There's a chance you can get the fourth down right. if you don't punt. But if you punt, <laughs> there's a 100% chance they're getting the ball back. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we don't, yeah, we don't need to talk about the merits of Life is Strange True Colors right now, but... I don't know. But anyways, that was our thoughts on Life is Strange True Colors. <laughs> now let's get to the news. Good wrap up there. Alright. Alright, let's give it just a video game bits here, because that's all we got for you. Just a bunch of bits. Yeah, uh, uh, small stories. Yeah, I mean, um, we talked about last week the Video Game Awards, and congratulations to It Takes Two. Yeah. <laughs> we may or may not ever get to playing you. Yeah, never. So in the meantime, here's a bunch of game bits. Yes, uh, game bits. bits. The thing that most of my Twitter uh, uh, feed was talking about this week was this first one. Yes, Final Fantasy fourteen is being pulled from sale. Yeah, until its login issues are fixed. So the context here is that last week saw the new uh, extent expansion yep. for Final Fantasy fourteen, and with the expansion came entrance queues to get on the servers, thousands upon thousands of people waiting. So I saw numbers as high as 4,000 to 5,000 people waiting in queue to get into Final Fantasy XIV servers. That is wild. So people who bought the expansion or are trying to start from the top right now cannot play the game that they just spent money on. Right. Uh, this is Final Fantasy XIV yeah. online. <laughs> so the solution, I guess, I'm using quotes here, yes. um, that they came up with was, well, we will just pull it from sale so that way new players cannot jump in right now will prioritize people who have already played the game. That's what they're trying to do right now. Except, there are so many people who are still trying to play the game, the queues are still stagnant. So now, you're basically trying to tell people, yes, our game is so popular and so great, don't you wish you could play it? But you can't play it right now. <laughs> it's frustrating. People are frustrated that play the game. People who are interested in the game and sold by there being such a fervor for it, now can't buy it, is an absurd situation. Absurd. Yeah. Uh, speaking of absurd, Nintendo decided to showcase ni 19, yes, 19. 19 indie games coming to the Switch. 
four of which are available immediately, including Trickery. So yeah, I don't have the whole list here, and I couldn't track down exactly which four are available right away. Except for one of the available right away games is indie favorite Chicory, uh, which is the one where you play as a, a paintbrush wielding dog. Um, it's gotten a lot of high uh, like praise this year on other platforms, big PC, uh, PS4 indie game, and having it on the Switch was a lot of people's uh, wish for it. So yeah, I'm excited to check that out at some point. I do someday plan on playing uh, Chicory. Yep. That's Chicory colon a colorful colorful tale. Yeah. Um, other games include Grime, <laughs> Ollie Ollie World, yeah. uh, Let's Play, Oink Games, okay. After Love EP, uh, the Train Game or the not Train Game the um, what, what's the what's the best way to describe the Agatha Christie oh, uh, Murder on Orient like Express game? Yeah, like a mystery. game. Okay, so Murder on the Orient yeah. Express, a.k.a. Locomotive. <laughs> That's a good name. <laughs> yes. Locomotive. Uh, and uh, Behind the Frame, colon, The Finest Scenery. Among others. Among others. Yeah, big long list. Uh, if you watch that, there's some good stuff coming to Switch very, very soon. Anyway. Oh, uh, how can I forget? Parkasaurus. Parkasaurus. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, and other news... A uh, Splinter Cell remake was announced by Ubisoft. But kind of weirdly. So they didn't make a big deal of it. There wasn't a big trailer. They announced it on their Twitter account and by saying that they were hiring for a team to make it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it seemed like kind of a weird way to treat what was once their biggest franchise. Uh, Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell, of course, a big hit in the Xbox and PS2 era. Um, and yeah, it's nice to see it come back, but to very little fanfare. Very weird. Yeah. Um, we also had PlayStation announcing official PS5 faceplates. Yes. And a new contr- color for their controllers. Yeah, some bright purples and pinks and blues for you um, are your new options. Also, interesting that they announced faceplates after having a controversy last year With against a company. Third that company for faceplates. Was trying to do unofficial faceplates. They sued, tried to get shut down. And, well, apparently the reasoning was that they had their own in development that they wanted to make sure it came out. Hey, this sounds very similar to when Nintendo shut down that ROM company because uh-huh. they were going to yes. issue their own um, ROMs. Yeah, because it kind of negates the backwards compatibility stuff they're doing on Switch. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, some of these colors look kind of neat. I'm almost tempted to, to get that nice bright blue one because mm-hmm. it looks real pretty. Um, so yeah. I already have two controllers. I don't need a third one, though. Well, yeah, but the faceplate, you yeah, can get the separate. Plate, can so, separate. yeah, uh, faceplate, I believe they said is $50, mm-hmm. uh, $49.99 for mm-hmm. each of those uh, colors. There's even a black one. So, if you want, yep. if I wanted to make that mesh with um, something else that will be shipping very soon, um, I could just get black on black and then just have two black towers next to each other. Yep. Black on black on black on black. Black on black on black. Yep. Yeah, like a deep red, bright blue, a purple, and a pink. In addition to the midnight black, which they right, I assume they should have done that at the beginning, but but hey, hey, here we are. Here we are paying extra fifty dollars for it. So yeah, check those out soon when they are released through Sony. I know uh, I've got used to the white. Eh, it's gonna look weird when I have the Series yeah, X next yes, to it. Yes. By the way, uh, media boat update: uh, Series X uh, purchased and will be shipping. A couple weeks. Sometime on its way. Sometime on its way uh, from Walmart. So, yeah, I will be able to have feedback about how things run on the Series X pretty soon here. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Uh, in the meantime... In the meantime, our last two stories are <laughs> kind of co-compatible. Oh. Because they deal with um, upcoming new way of wasting money and yeah. stuff we've talked about here on the podcast. Yeah. Non-fungible tokens. The current hotness, if you know any idiots online, is NFTs. And the video game industry seems to think that they should get on board with this now, even though it's extremely unpopular with video game players. Yep. Uh, including Ubisoft announcing NFT plans with Quartz platform. Yes. Uh, internet and development uh, developers are not happy with this. So yeah, this was released in tandem with their um, existing um, Ghost Recon. What's the most recent Ghost Recon game called? Wild, not Wild, Wild Lands. Frontiers. It was the one after Wildlands. Breakpoint. Oh. Breakpoint. Break Ghost Recon Breakpoint or something. Breakpoint. Uh, Breakpoint. Yep. Breakpoint. Um, so that that game, they're trying to saddle NFTs in relation with uh, Breakpoint, and uh, yeah, people aren't liking it on either side, whether it be people who work for Ubisoft or people who play Ubisoft games. Uh, yeah, it looks bad, but they want you to buy like in-game like armor sets that are in- rare NFTs, and through a platform that they're calling Quartz. Wait, is the most recon most uh most other, recon. The, the, the Sorry, frontline. frontline. Sorry, not breakpoint. Well no, like frontline I don't think is released yet, but it's uh, okay. Yeah. But this was for the game that's already out. So, okay, so yeah, recon's already out. Or breakpoint. Breakpoint's already out. <laughs> See, this is the problem with them naming these games so badly is yes. that they're imp- impossible to remember which one is which. Ghost comma recon. <laughs> yeah, God. Anyway. But that was the only NFT story this week. No, that was not the only one. As Stalker 2 developers announced NFT plans. And then literally an hour later, just hours. I don't know exactly what the timeline was, but... Basically, they heard the outcry and they're like, okay, we we, we fucked up. We we give up. No, no, no. So this was a story in three parts that took place over Twitter. They announced that they were going to do some NFTs uh, for the upcoming Stalker 2. Uh, Later... Issued an apology of sorts, but a non-apology, where they basically had a big document saying, "No, no, it's okay. Our NFTs are different," and broke down like how they were going to be yep. doing it, separate, like in a different way that was more sensitive to the environment. Then after that, finally, the other shoe dropped, and they were like, "Actually, I guess fine, fine. You talked us out of it. We're not going to do this anymore." <laughs> so it was just this is how wild this NFT conversation is. The boards all want these companies to do it because they think it's the future of X, Y, Z. Uh, so the companies are convinced. They put it out, and then immediately it gets a billion downvotes. Nobody loves it, and then they have to go into defense mode. This is going to be the cycle that we're going to see probably throughout 2022 as well. Um, that being said, um, this episode will become an NFT. Ah, <laughs> no, no. Trust me, Medium of Podcast will not be involved in this. <laughs> worry about it uh no. yeah so that was this week in video games yeah that was this week in video games that was also <laughs> our thoughts on yeah um life is strange yeah we talked about that uh yeah uh i think that's it that's yeah sounds like we, we kind of sped through this episode we yeah. don't have a whole lot of thoughts no no um as we wrap up the year uh not a whole lot of new stuff coming up but hey i said the magic words wrap up and if you want to hear us wrap up the, the year that was, get or ready. if you want to unwrap more bonus episodes yes. post-Christmas. They're coming soon. The week after Christmas, we will have a week full of our wrap-up podcast for each of our categories, movies, television, video games, and music. 
not necessarily in that order. And uh, yeah, all of that and more, plus a final wrap-up uh, that ties a little bow on the year that was. So um, we'll be that, back very soon with all of that. That will take place the 27th through the 31st, which does mean Season 6 of the Media Bell Podcast yeah. will begin yeah. just Soon. like it began all those years ago <laughs> on January 1st. Yes, believe it or not, it is a new year. New season. Get ready. We're back. We never stopped, but we will be back <laughs> nonetheless. We're, we're not. We're not taking a break. We're just no. doing a Wednesday show and then back to a Saturday show. So get ready for that. In the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode of the Media Boat Podcast. We'll be back for one final regular episode next week. In the meantime, um, you can find us on YouTube in video form if you search Media Boat Podcast on there. You can like, subscribe set up for notifications, and watch our archive of previously recorded shows all on YouTube. You can listen to the audio version of our podcast on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, um, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us, search Media Boat Podcast. That's also where you'll find our wrap-up shows as they will be exclusive to the podcast feed, audio only. You can also find us on social media channels like Twitter, we're at Media Boat Cast, Facebook, where you can search Media Boat Podcast, find our page, you can email us questions, comments, feedback at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. And last but not least, we will be back next week with another episode to with wrap our up. final episode yes. of this season five. To say goodbye to a regular podcasting for 2021. So get ready. Have a good week. Uh, happy holidays. Merry for Christmas for those who celebrate. And we will be back soon. Oh, we'll wish you a Merry Christmas before then, too. All right. Exactly. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>